We're about to enter into a new church season called Lent, and so I just want to, this morning, I want to kind of bring us into another way that we're being formed into the image of Jesus for the sake of others, and then also introduce Lent. So that's where we're going to go, and it's, we're going to look at Philippians chapter 3, just two verses today, 12 and 13, and we're going to talk about uh, aggressive pursuit of Jesus. So as we define spiritual t- formation, uh, there's a wonderful book written by Robert Mulholland. Spiritual formation is a process of being conformed to the image of Christ for the sake of others. Uh, spiritual formation would be a synonym of disciples. When Jesus says, uh, go and make disciples, he was saying, go, introduce people to Jesus, invite people to follow Jesus, and as Jesus follow, as people follow Jesus, then they're being formed, shaped into the image of Jesus. People begin to look like Jesus. People begin to, to act like Jesus. People begin to accept what he taught and begin to that moves into their behavior, uh, both individually and corporately. So spiritual formation is that process. And uh, it's been happening in a variety of ways. It started at the first of the year when Steve uh, provided a, a message of encouragement for us. And it had to do with the stewardship of our local church. And it also had to do with the value of us gathering on a regular basis. The, the impact, what that, what that does when we rub shoulders together and we spend time together. Uh, that's part of spiritual formation. And then Noel followed it as he encouraged our community last week with being in small groups. And, and what is it that hinders us from deepening our love uh, with Jesus? And so, that again, that's spiritual formation. The week before that, we talked about the value of being in team ministry. Again, that forms us into the image of Jesus for the sake of others. And then I'm going to follow it up uh, today with so another, just again, just I'm just trying to add to all these opportunities right now for us in this season for us to be formed into the image of Jesus for the sake of others. The sake of others are the people around the room, but just not the people around the room. It's everybody out there. People need to see Jesus. And if people can't see Jesus in us, they're, ra- they're rarely going to see Jesus out there. Now, he's showing up, which thank you, Jesus. Thank you for doing that. But people really need to see Jesus in us. So Lent, Lent is a season on the church calendar. The purpose of the church calendar is to remember the events of Jesus' life in real time. So Lent is this season of soul searching and repentance. It's a season for reflection and taking stock. Lent originated in the very earliest days of the church as a preparatory time for Easter. You know, resurrection is a big deal. (laughs) Yeah, it's a big deal. And so our forefathers in the faith realized, wow, the further they moved away from the historical event of the resurrection, they realized, oh man, if we don't keep this, if we don't keep this alive and we don't thoughtfully prepare everybody every year to celebrate resurrection, we might lose it. So that's, that's part of Lent, preparation. 
When the faithful rededicated themselves, when converts were instructed in the faith and prepared for baptism. By observing the 40 days of Lent, the individual Christian imitates Jesus' withdrawal into the wilderness for 40 days. All churches that have a continuous history extending before A.D. 1500 observe Lent. That's the historic church. What broke it was the Reformation. The Reformation, some of the Reformation was good, some of the Reformation was not good. (laughs) So some of the severing of our historical roots by the Protestant Reformation, that was not good. The ancient church that wrote, collected, canonized, propagated the New Testament also observed Lent, believing it to be a commandment from the apostles. So we're talking about an ancient tradition. And so what I want to suggest, we have these two seasons coming. And for Lent, I'd like us to take the first part of the verse we're going to look at today, and for Easter, the second. So Lent... I want to suggest that this season of Lent, these 40 days that will start Wednesday and go all the way to Easter, is a season for us to forget what lies behind. That would be, as a community, that's going to be our reflection. I'm going to remind you again and again, we're going to forget what lies behind. I'm going to explain that in a moment, forgetting what lies behind. And then when we hit Easter and we enter the Easter season, Easter again... For those that follow Jesus, Easter is not just one day, it's a season. And in that season, we want to strain forward for what lies ahead. So I want to introduce those themes. Then I want to explain them from Philippians chapter 3, verse 12 to 13. Last week, Noel was just saying, you know, what, what, Paul, what Paul is saying is, I, I'm, just, I'm, I, I'm, I'm just moving forward. I'm moving beyond the voices that are calling me back. I'm moving beyond my credentials. I'm moving beyond to, so that I can enter in this relationship with Jesus. That there's just this, this, this depth and intimacy of relationship with Jesus. So that's, that's where he's moving as he's writing to the church in Philippians. And he's urging that, can you come along with me? And then he writes, not that I've already obtained this. I I have not reached this level of intimacy or depth with Jesus. I'm not there yet. I haven't obtained this. I haven't already reached the goal. It still eludes me, that relationship with Jesus that I so long for. It's still before me. But I press on. I press on to make it, that relationship, that intimate, deep relationship with Jesus. I want to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. So it's almost like I want to equal the balance. Jesus has entered my life in this fullness. Now I want to reciprocate and enter life with Jesus in fullness. Beloved, I do not consider that I have made it my own. I am not yet, I haven't arrived yet. But this one thing I do, so that I can keep moving, I'm forgetting what lies behind and I'm straining forward to what lies ahead. 
So when Paul is saying, I'm pressing on, I'm pressing on, again, it's, it's, it's just tied right where you were last week if you were here. And Noel's message, if you weren't listening to the podcast, there's this invitation for all of us to enter relationship with Jesus. Jesus said, follow me. And as we follow him, the more we follow him, the the connection is meant to increase with him and with those that are following him and connection with the world around us. So press on and press on to the attaining or the seizing or the making the relationship your own. It's, it's, again, it's all about relationship with Jesus. And, and Paul chooses to use a compound verb that reflects intensity. So when he says, I'm pressing on to attain, I'm pressing on to seize, I'm pressing on to make it my own, there's an intensity about that. There is, I am really serious about getting it, grasping it, seizing it, I'm going after it. And out of a word book, I kind of changed the words around just so it would be a little bit clearer, I hope. The Christian, the one following Jesus, must constantly seek. That's intense. Constantly seek close fellowship with Jesus. Close relationship with Jesus will elude us if we don't constantly seek. We must strive. Again, that's, inten- that's a word of intensity. We must strive to attain that relationship. It's just not automatic. We must affirm it afresh each day. It's, this is an everyday, constant seeking, striving to go deeper and deeper into relationship with Jesus. And all of us are invited along this journey. It's the life of faith until it's finally consummated in the resurrection. Our resurrection. We will be resurrected. And when our body comes out of the grave, then we're going to face Jesus face to face and that finally will go, yippee! We, yeah, there you are. I thought you looked like that. I thought you sounded like that. I thought that, I knew you were going to hug me. So what Paul is saying is, we, we've, we've got to go for it. We've got to strive for it. We've got to constantly seek. And we're not going to get there until we pass and our body is resurrected. My friends, we need to be a community that keeps our focus on relationship with Jesus. Everything else will take care of itself if our focus will stay there. We need to be a community that individually and corporately, again, the New Testament is much more about corporate than it is about individual. But we as a community need to constantly seek, strive, have a daily faith, and know we're not yet going to get there until the consummation of, through resurrection. But we're, we want to go for the best relationship that we can have in this age. 
And Paul says, the way I keep on track with that is one, forgetting what lies behind. The symbolism behind that phrase is a foot race. I thought of Mallory. It's actually a cross, would be like a cross country. Mallory is like a cross country champion runner. So he's really saying, if we're going, if we're going to really intensely strive for better relationship, deeper relationship, more intimate relationship with Jesus, we have got to forget the part of the course that we've already covered. And we need to keep our focus on what lies ahead of us. So I have to confess to you, most days, uh, most, of, most of my days I, have, I do a little carpentry. And so most of the days when I'm kind of reviewing my day, I'm kind, I kind of think back about two-by-fours and nails and walls I built and this and that. Uh, Nate has us in, in this, this challenging room that has all these angles, so he's having us figure out all these angles and connections. So I kind of go home and I kind of review. I remember, and most of the time I think, I probably could have done that better if I would have done this. Now think for a moment. If in remembering every day what I'd accomplished and had this sense of I could do it better tomorrow, I went back to the job every day and I undid what I did yesterday to do it better. That would not make much sense, would it? And the people I'm working with would not be very happy with me, would they? When are you going to get done? Well, when it's really perfect, you know. When I stop thinking of new ways to do it. No, we need you to finish. So what I'd like to say to us, Paul is not saying erase the memories. He's simply saying with those memories, remember where you fell short. Remember where you didn't hydrate enough. Remember where you didn't kind of get that, that supplement of energy that you needed. Remember that curve you might, you know, if you face another one. He's really saying, take what you've learned from the course and apply it to what's ahead of you. Let it prepare you for what's ahead. I believe it's impossible for us to erase the memories. I think the memories stay in our head for a purpose. My memories humble me. You know, memories, I get hit with memories at the most opportune times. Now, some of my memories are full of joy and happiness. Others, full of sorrow and shame. Why do I keep, I mean, I've asked, why do I, why do, it's like I've got this carousel. That's kind of an old term that had slides, a carousel, click, click, click. And all of a sudden this, this slide shows up, and I go, oh, man. And what, I think what Jesus is saying, that's going to be there. I mean, part of the consequences of my own behavior is that I've planted things in my head that are there, and they're not, probably not going to go away. And I'm not talking about healing. I mean, I, I had definitely needed healing in some areas, but I'm talking about just stupid things I've done, mistakes I've made. Moments of anger that just were so ridiculous. And what Jesus, I think, is saying to us 
is if, if we're going to move forward, if we're going to press on, we can't keep going backward and correcting what was done. We do, however, need to learn and apply that to where we're going. Does that make sense? So don't, I don't think Paul is saying just you know, get out the magic eraser and erase all those memories. His, he is saying, though, as you press forward towards something that is very, very important, relationship with Jesus, and you think about all the relational failures you've had, don't think you've got to go back and correct that so that you move forward. Just learn from that and move forward. Now, probably the most, my, like one of my most favorite analogies, and I use it probably way too much, but I remembered it again. It had to do with Eric Little. Eric Little was the flying Scotsman. He was one of the fastest men alive in the early 1900s. He was a Scots. And there's, a, there's an image of him. He was a, um, I guess it would have been 200, 400 yards. What would it have been? It would have just been yards, right? They had, or was it meters? It's yards. So he's a sprinter. And uh, there's, a, there's this <laughs> scene of him in Chariots of Fire where the gun goes off, it's going to be a 400-yard, one lap around, which is a sprint. And uh, Eric Little was a very untraditional runner. He, he was not about technique. He was just about passion. And so when he was, when he was at full steam, his ar- the, your arms are supposed to be in line. His arms are doing this. His head is just lifted. He just was wild, but like he's the fastest man on the earth. And uh, so he, the gun goes off. He's halfway, he get, does the first curve, and he hadn't quite broken into his wild man, crazy running thing yet, and a guy trips him. Now, can you, I mean, he, he goes over, anybody remember this scene? He goes over in the, I mean, he does a flip in the infield, and there's this look of horror on his face like, I can't believe that guy just tripped me. Now, he could have at that time, foul, foul, we need to restart the race. He didn't do that. That look of, like, surprise and horror all of a sudden was like, huh, I'm going to win this race. And he did. That's right. It's incredible. Who can fall down in the middle of a 400-yard sprint and catch up and win. Incredible. That image is what I want to impress upon all of us. We're all, I think, running. And in many ways, we're running as hard as we can. And there will be people that trip us up. And my friends, we can lie in the infield and we can moan and we can groan and we can yell to the referees and we can cry and we can say, start the race over. We do all of that. Or we can just say, you know, I'm going to get up and run again. Now, I don't know where anybody, I don't have any insight of where, where we fell short this week. But if, if we're still groveling and where we fell short, then it's time just to say, Jesus, I blew it. I'm sorry. And get up and start running again.
Now, if it keeps happening hour after hour or day after day, you need to tell somebody, hey, I'm having trouble in an area of my life, and we can help each other. But forgetting what lies behind us is taking what we've learned from our failures and our successes and applying it to what lies ahead of us. Where are we in the race? I, I kind of look like, I, I kind of like think of, well, maybe every year is a lap. And so I'm in my 45th lap. And I, I, I'm going to hope for 45 more. Well, may that math not, not work out. <laughs> but I want as many laps as possible. Because I think we're most effective when we're on the planet and we're telling people about our pursuit of relationship with Jesus. You see, aggressive pursuit of Jesus, I mean intense. I mean not ho-ho, yon-yon. I mean really taking it seriously. The God of the universe, our creator, came into our world, invited us to follow him, invited us to find life in a better way and to share that with everybody around us. So spiritual formation involves the aggressive pursuit of complete identification with Jesus. And every one of us, regardless of what lap we're on, we have partial identification with Jesus. And Jesus is inviting us into complete identification with him we as a community starting in 2002 we're not an old community we're a young community we have a partial identification with Jesus but but when it's all said and done we want to complete as complete as possible so my question is as we enter into this season of Lent can we all agree that we want, to, we want this to be a season of reflection. We want it to be a season of looking back. But that look back is to learn from what we, where we've been so that we can turn and we can begin to strain for what lies ahead of us. And can we do that? One of the words that came out of our leaders was, can we intentionally do that? Like, Every day, starting on Wednesday, can we, can we pursue this? We want to forget what lies behind us. And we want to strain towards what's before us. So that's, maybe that's a bad question. That's just a yes or no. But I'm wondering, would, would, would we do that? Could we do that as a community of people? May we stand together? Isn't it incredible when a friend or a girlfriend, boyfriend, when they invite us to come, come further into relationship with me?
I mean, those of us that are married, isn't that what marriage is? Didn't we, didn't we invite our spouse? I want you to come. I want you to come in. I want you to come closer. Some of us with the, you know, the friends that we have. Some of our, I mean, isn't that what our, our life with our friends? It's been people that just, I just, I want us to keep moving and sharing more and more and more together. I mean, isn't that what it is? Isn't that parent with parents? We, we're, we're people built for relationship. But in-depth relationship, not surface. I don't think any of us do surface well. Do we? And so what I see this, this lentil season, this, this invitation is, is this invitation from Jesus. And I just hear him saying, you know, I, I, love, I love having relationship with each of you. I love having relationship with all of you. But I want you to know there's more. <laughs> and I'm, and it's, he's initiating it. And he's saying, and, and so I'm inviting you. Come closer. Come closer. And I think he's saying to all of us, there's, there's nothing in the relationship that will keep you from coming closer. There's no hindrance to me. Get over it. <laughs> Move toward me. Come toward me. So I just want us to respond to him. And just in our own heart of hearts say, yes, Lord, I want, I want to do that. So just take a moment. Just reflect. Just in quiet. And you just have a conversation with Jesus. And then I'll finish this with a word of prayer. Jesus, you're more than a friend. Jesus, you're more than our hearts could ever express. And Jesus, I thank you that in this season, you're inviting us to move toward you, to take a big step toward deepening our relationship with you. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would empower us as a community of people to forget what lies behind us, to learn and to apply what we've learned to moving forward. I pray that you would take us through this season time and time again, forgetting what lies behind, straining forward toward what's, what lies ahead. So we invite you to take us on this journey, a relational journey <laughs> based upon your invitation. So we say thank you. Thank you. In your name. Amen. So God bless. Enjoy the rest of this day.